Our scripture this morning is from Luke 17, 7 through 10. This is a parable that Jesus taught. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, Come along now and sit down to eat. Won't he rather say, Prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink. After that you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. May the Lord add his blessing to this reading of his word. You may be seated. We all like to take more credit for our accomplishments than we should. An elephant and a mouse were walking along a trail one day and came to a rickety old wooden bridge. After they had crossed it, the mouse looked up at the elephant and he said, boy, we sure shook that thing. (laughs) When I think back on planting this church 30 years ago, I realize I was that mouse. And my contribution was very small because God was the elephant at my side. We all like to take more credit for our accomplishments than we should. That has been one of the besetting sins that I have had to struggle with throughout the years of my pastorate. I have desired the glory that only belongs to God. The lessons of this parable were largely lost on me. Here I was, merely a servant doing what I was supposed to do, and I wanted people to recognize me. I have learned two important lessons from this parable. First of all, Servants are to be useful to their master. We must be sure that we are doing what God wants us to do. In his letter to Philemon, the Apostle Paul appeals on behalf of a slave called Onesimus. Onesimus, whose name means useful, stole from his master and ran away. Regardless of his name, Onesimus was, in fact, useless to his master. Well, how often have I robbed God of his glory and run away from him by being derelict in my duty? Far from being useful, I too have been useless to my master. One area in which I have been negligent, I believe, is in failing to equip the congregation to do what God has called you to do. You see, as pastors, there is a tendency to think that what God has called us to do is spiritual and very important. What God has called you to do as business people, medical people, military people, teachers, lawyers, what have you, not so much. 
Mike sent me an article recently entitled, The Day I Confessed, Pastoral Malpractice. <laughs> this pastor said, I confessed I had spent the minority of my time equipping the congregation for what they were called to do for the majority of their week. Somehow I had missed how the gospel speaks into every nook and cranny of life, connecting Sunday worship with Monday work in a seamless fabric of Holy Spirit-empowered faithfulness. I have to confess that as a pastor, I too have spent the majority of my time equipping the congregation to do what God has called me to do, not what God has called you to do. And what God has called you to do, in whatever vocation it is, is just as spiritual, is just as important to God as what he has called pastors to do. Pa servants are to be useful to their master. We must be sure that we are doing what God wants us to do. Secondly, servants are not to draw attention to themselves. After all, servants don't do anything special. They just do what they are supposed to do, what they are told to do. But there is a great temptation in the pastorate to draw attention to ourselves. Look at us this morning. We're up here. You're down there. And that's the way it is every Sunday morning. We're always in the limelight. We're always the center of attention. And this has a tendency to go to our heads. Sadly, we live in a day and time where pastors have achieved celebrity status on par with Hollywood actors and rock stars. And that is not right. One of the reasons I believe the church is so ineffective today is because the coaches, the pastors, have taken the playing field, drawing attention to themselves, while you, the players, have been put in the stands watching the coaches play and the net result is that the world could care less. If you want to see what God is doing in the world, don't look up here. Look out there. Look out there where a mother of preschool age kids takes time every day to read her children the Bible. Look out there where a Christian man is struggling to love his wife sacrificial, sacrificially in a biblical way and set a godly example for his children. Look out there where Christian men and women in many different vocations are, are trying to be the salt and the light that this world desperately needs. That's where God is at work and that's where the church becomes effective. You see, servants are not to draw attention to themselves. In closing, 
let me point out to you that the point of this parable is not to teach us about how God thinks and acts towards us. It's to teach us how we are to think about ourselves. We all like to take more credit for our accomplishments than we should, and that's not right. But did you know that God actually does honor and reward unworthy servants who only have done what they should? Earlier in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus taught another parable in Luke 12, 37. It says, it will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. I tell you the truth, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. Isn't that great? God is so full of love and grace that he actually does honor and reward unworthy servants who have only done their duty. This, my friends, is a God who is worthy. Worthy to be served and worthy to be adored by his people. And all God's people said, Amen.